0: Are you a fan of shoujo anime? Do you wish you could find a podcast that gushed about your favorite shoujo moments in film and manga? Then you need to follow the Shoujo Sunday podcast! Hosted by magical girls, Gianna Luna and Chica Supreme, Shojo Sunday aims to review and reflect on shoujo properties that deserve more attention than what they currently receive. Listen and laugh, as they use ice cream puns to talk about anime like Sama or in High School Host Club, Fruits Basket, Tokyo Mew Mew, and so much more. Follow Shoujo Sunday on your preferred podcast platform and across social media.
1: This is WWE Superstar Drew McIntyre. You're listening
0: to the WWE Podcast. Oh, no! oh, the rated R Superstar! The is... The one that
1: everybody wants, me. 16,
0: I just your ass. Is my acknowledge me. All right, everybody, guys and girls, welcome back to another edition of the Smackdown Review right here on the WWE podcast. As always, I am one of the hosts, Michael Ritter. You can find me on Twitter, at Michael5Ritter, or on Instagram at MichaelRitter5, and also the host of the Football Function podcast, available on all of your podcasting platforms, including... The one that you're listening to this show on. Joining me on today's episode, my usual co-host here, John Carrasco. You can find him on Twitter at BigSpeaker, B-I-G-G underscore speaker. Uh, John, how you doing? What would you think about this episode of Smackdown as a whole? I mean, last week we kind of agreed that it wasn't necessarily a, a great episode, but I feel like this one was certainly better than last week.
1: Oh yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Thank you for asking everything like that. And it was a long day of work, I guess you could say. I got out kind of early. That was kind of cool, but... Yeah, rare. Man, that freaking sun was beating But other than that, man, I'm good. Happy to be here. happy to break down this episode. And, yeah, man, I think this one was, was a lot better than last week. Just because I feel like there was a little bit more, like like, substance to it, I guess you could say. Yeah. And, I don't know. Yeah, there was definitely some things that I like that we're gonna break down
0: i mean the wwe universe and the wrestling universe as a whole i don't i can't speak for everybody but it does seem like a majority of people were worked it Mm -hmm. seems by the whole brock lesnar he left the arena and all that stuff are they going to address it kind of similar to how they did naomi and sasha banks whenever they left you know is michael cole going to get on the microphone and basically say we're all disappointed in him and that whole narrative was kind of playing out Brock Lesnar ultimately showed up, obviously. If you're listening to the show, you likely already know the results of SmackDown. That's not going to be something that's uh, kept in, I guess, or under a rock or anything like that. That's definitely news that's going to be out in the interwaves, whatever you want to call it, internet. I mean, Discord server, we're blowing it up talking about it already. You know, Brock Lesnar showed up and absolutely made me lose it because I was a little bit, I guess, questioning what mm-hmm. was going to happen at SummerSlam now without without Brock Lesnar? I know that, I mean, it's literally a little bit over a week away. It is a week away from when you're going to be listening to this podcast, most likely. But me and John are doing this podcast on a Friday. And before we get any further into SmackDown, which we're going to break it down in its entirety. But before we get any further into the SmackDown review, you, you mentioned that, you know, it, it was a hot day today. We did get off a little bit early, but... It's going to be a long night for you. You mm. actually have a softball game uh, at one o'clock in the morning Central Standard I Time. Do. So, and and it's a tournament. It's an overnight tournament. If, if you've played softball, if, like you listening to the show, if you've played softball and you have been involved in one of these overnight tournaments, you know exactly what John's about to go through here, and. So whenever you're listening to this podcast in the morning or, you know, whenever it is that you plan on listening to this, there's a good chance that he hadn't even been to sleep yet. So definitely keep him um, in your thoughts and prayers, I guess. Uh, You know, send some positive vibes. You know, maybe let John hit a couple dingers out there. He doesn't really talk about it, but he's definitely a pretty good softball player. So hopefully he has a nice, successful night and a a good tournament here. But today was a big day, obviously, wrestling-wise. There was a bombshell dropped. What did we talk about just a few weeks ago, right? They like to throw those big news items at the end of the day on Friday to let it marinate over the weekend, Mm -hmm. and here we are, you know, last leg of the relay like we talk about here on the WWE podcast, and we get to talk about this stuff. I mean, I know Matt's doing an emergency episode. He felt like it was was worthy, and without a doubt it is. Vince McMahon retiring? Are you kidding me? Like, that's definitely – newsworthy to say the least so i feel like that's a good place to start because that's how this episode of smackdown opens is kind of just getting that out of the way addressing it early with stephanie mcmahon who opened the show real quick this smackdown did air on july 22nd 2022 from boston massachusetts home of the 2022 eastern conference champion Boston Celtics in the NBA. Just wanted to make sure to point that out there. I know Sheamus kind of took some shots a little bit later in the show, but, you know, it is what it is. Lacey Evans as well. Oh, my gosh. She was definitely taking shots. But, yeah. anyways, we will get into that. But uh, first things first, Stephanie McMahon, she opens the show. She kind of explains the retirement, I guess. She just says, hey, my father's stepping down. Uh, She gets a little bit, like, I guess sentimental about it she doesn't get emotional like she's not crying or anything like that but she does make it a little bit more of like a, a soft moment she if she kind of orchestrates those thank you vince chants and the crowd was chanting what do you think about it i mean vince mcmahon stepping down i guess i'll give you the floor right there it's big but uh to say the least
1: yeah definitely huge news man i'm for, it's kind of crazy to just, like be here in this moment to like kind of experience it and actually be doing the podcast you know so to talk about it awesome but for it to happen it's kind of crazy i don't know like the direction now i guess you could say we're passing it to stephanie and nick nick khan yep okay and then i also did see that triple h is coming back Yes, he is. Yeah, so there, there, there's all kinds of like moving pieces there. Yeah, today kinda, was a kinda massive help, day. Yeah, kind of helped the situation, I guess you could say. But yeah, man, it was definitely some big
0: news. Yeah, I mean, came out of nowhere for me. Mm-hmm. Hit me like a wrecking ball, if I can quote Miley Cyrus there a little bit. It definitely kind of you know came out of left field. You know, let me get back to the softball analogies <laughs> there. It uh, definitely, without a doubt, it blindsided me and. Yeah. You know, I can kind of stop with the analogies there and the uh, fun little sayings because it's pretty serious. You know, Vince McMahon stepping down obviously because he's been the, he's been the head of the table. You know, I mean, another pun there with Roman Reigns, but he's been the guy. You know, the the chairman, the CEO of WWE, Vince McMahon, and the fact that he is no longer going to be in that position is pretty wild. You know, and. I personally, I didn't think there was ever going to be a day where he didn't stop kicking. You know, where he did not stop fighting for that position. Especially, you know, I, I mean, all the stuff that's come out here recently, you have to think about the other possibility. I right, well, maybe he is going to step down here pretty soon. I mean, these are some very serious things that are um, being leaked, and uh, you know, the amounts of money that he was paying to, I guess, settle with different women for all those various allegations. I do wonder what's going to happen with John Laurinaitis. Do you know if anything has been said yet about that? Have you heard anything about him? I mean, he's that other dude that was involved. You know, he's the, he's pretty high up. Yeah. You know, he's, he's a guy that has, I guess, head of talent relations, I believe is his, is his title. I'm glad I can kind of pull that out there at the end before we move on, but I'm not really sure what's going to happen to him. Vince McMahon retiring 77 years old. Uh, I didn't like address this on Twitter or anything like that. Like I didn't make a tweet or anything. I would didn't really feel like it was necessary. It's still kind of shocking to me, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, it still doesn't seem real. It really doesn't. It still seems like he's going to come out at SummerSlam. We're going to hear that music one way or another. And that's I don't know. Thinking. But but who knows? I mean, him retiring, thats it seems very, very real. You know, the, the big news sources are the ones that are talking about this. And I don't know. I never really like to get into all that. I don't really like to get into the... Like the the credible sources and all that, because I don't watch wrestling from that perspective. I don't. I truly do. I, I watch it from a fan's perspective every single day that I watch it, except for on Fridays. That's whenever you kind of have to, you know, put the pen to the paper and actually, you know, analyze it as we host this show. I mean, that's mm-hmm. literally the reason why we're here is to talk about SmackDown. We can't just, you know, willy nilly be on our phones not paying attention to what's going on on the show, otherwise. Well, what the hell are we doing here? You know, so SmackDown clearly gets that um that special treatment, I guess, but but other than that, I truly watch like I don't look into any of like the dirt sheets, you know. I I really don't try to, you know, get any spoilers or anything like that. Like I'm fine with watching it from like a fan's perspective. That's mm-hmm. truly how I enjoy wrestling. That's why I go to the wrestling shows and all that stuff. It's it's pretty fun, so I don't know. It, it, it's 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 one of those things I don't really like to to get into, but I'll I'll take it at face value right now for what it is and for what I know is Vince McMahon is retired and I personally am looking forward to wrestling without him. I am I, I will say that I mean he does deserve a lot of credit for what he has done for the like the wrestling industry and like kind of where it is. But at the same time you can't just like ignore all the, you know, what that's kind of came out here lately, you know, like the dude, without a doubt, you can, you could say it, he's a scumbag, you know, it is what it is, but I do feel like, like from a wrestling perspective, I'm excited to see WWE without him, like, I, I really am, like, I'm excited to see Triple H, Stephanie McMahon, Nick Khan, whatever, like, who, like, it's something different, you know, because clearly, WWE hasn't been, like, moving forward, they, they're the ultimate definition of like walking in place, like treading water, so to speak. So I guess um, with all that being said, you know, a long winded response for me is I'm I'm looking forward to the future of wrestling, obviously with TV 14 coming up, but That's also um, what is it? Uh, the, the, the landscape of WWE under a new CEO and somebody else's fingerprints all over the product. I mean, I'm definitely excited.
1: Well, I mean, definitely can't, disagree with that you know because like right now we're just like up in the air you know there's uh, so many different possibilities that can be happening and stuff like that and you know just just a different mindset that's possibly like back there you know kind of you know different perspectives on what that can possibly be done with like all the superstars and everything and I think there's just like a lot of pieces that you can actually mess with to make, make, make something good out of this I guess you could say you know uh, take advantage of like the situations and stuff like that but yeah, man, I think it's just going to be kind of weird not seeing him, but I still see him coming out in a wheelchair. Same theme song, everything like that, old, everything. So, I mean, it's hard to put that he's actually, like, gone, gone, you know? Yeah.
0: I mean, we're going to hear that music. Like I oh, said, yeah. he'll be there back you. at some point, and, you know, it it is what it is. I mean, this is his company. You yeah, know, that's
1: what I'm saying. He has, like, so much stock in it, I guess you
0: could say that. Imagine yeah, how he, he feels team. right now, you know, like – Have you ever, like, left a job that you worked at for a long time? Like, Mm -hmm. and just kind of went went home and, like, just felt, man, it's weird. You know, like, I'm not, I don't work there anymore. You know, it's kind of, it's got to be absolutely mind-blowing for him. You know, this is something that he's been involved with 24-7, 365. He wakes up at, like, 4 a.m. or something like that, or he's already working out at 4 a.m. You said it last week that, I mean,
1: you guarantee that he's probably, like, written stuff from like yeah. years, years that it's, you know, so he, I'm pretty sure if you were onto something right there, he's already got the true. books laid out for. Yeah.
0: True. So, I mean, I guess we'll see. That's like, on
1: That's what, it's hard to say that he's not going to be there.
0: You know? Yeah. And it's probably not going to be like a night and day type difference or like an mm-hmm. overnight mm-hmm. type difference is what I was actually trying to say there, but it's not going to be something that happens extremely fast. You know, yeah. this is going to be something that's implemented over time and we're just going to see, I guess, maybe different, what's the word uh culture i guess a different culture around wwe maybe i don't know going back to tv 14 man that's that alone is going to cause for some changes and in the inevitable changes now with the i don't even know i mean i just ceo position but do you want to say like damn near like ownership like i know clearly vince mcmahon is still like he still owns wwe but like mm-hmm. Stephanie McMahon is probably, like, next in line when he inevitably does pass away. You know, yeah. like, Stephanie McMahon is probably going to be the one who is calling shots. And I guess this is her opportunity to shine. Like, she finally gets the keys here. And she's going to be, I guess, the um, the heir to the throne. Mm-hmm. And I, I can get behind it right now. You know, I know she's not necessarily, like super involved in wrestling, you know, she's not super involved in WWE from like a creative standpoint. So that'll be interesting to kind of see whenever she dips her toes in those waters. But I guess we'll kind of, you know, see what happens there whenever we get there, it's all still kind of new, you know, that's the beauty of us having to talk about this on Friday is whenever everybody else gets to talk about it, they're going to get a chance to kind of marinate on it, you know, kind of sit on their thoughts and have a chance to kind of waver back and forth. We just got to kind of let it rip and put our initial reactions out there. And that's kind of how I like it, honestly. And we'll get a chance to look back and see how things played out as time goes on. But as the show goes on, the Street Profits, they come out through the crowd. I like this. As a Celtics fan, they do reference Kevin Garnett's Anything's Possible after the Celtics won the championship back in 2008. Basically just... Kind of comparing it to their chances to win at SummerSlam. Just saying, hey, we have a chance to win the Unified Tag Team Championships. And anything truly is possible. Austin Theory comes out as well as the Usos. In theory, I mean, he says that um, the the Street Profits are going to lose, clearly to the Usos. But then he throws a ricochet shot at Bianca Belair. He says that Montez Ford and his wife are going to be leaving Nashville. Without a championship, I thought that was interesting, you know, taking a random shot at Bianca. I know it was probably just trying to get under Montez's skin, but that leads to a quick brawl. And then Mad Cat Moss comes out to even the numbers a little bit. And that kind of sets up the main event later on tonight, a six-man tag match. I thought we were going to get it right away. That's usually how that works. We go to commercial break, come back. It's a six-man tag match, but we get it at the very end of the show. What's up?
1: I was going to say, I thought this uh pairing was kind of weird, you know. You'd figure, it's like, odd. Austin Theory or Theory, sorry, would be with the Street Profits and Madcap would be with the Uso's, That's why know? I've
0: been saying, like, Austin Theory's in a weird spot because he's going after a heel champion, but mm-hmm. he's a heel. So it's kind of like, I mean, he really doesn't have a choice. A heel just so happens to be the champion and he has yeah. the money in the bank briefcase, you know. So if it was a babyface, like if it was Drew McIntyre, it would make a little bit more sense. So that does kind of complicate things. And Paul Heyman adds a little bit of like a, I guess, he, he acknowledges that later in the show in that backstage segment he doesn't he doesn't like hit it right on the head but i guess he talks about how it might be a little bit weird teaming up with them and what he ultimately expects them to do Mm -hmm. whenever the match gets there but like i said that does set up the main event later on in the show and we will get there up next we get shinsuke nakamura and ludwig kaiser and uh this match is going on like you would expect. I mean, Ludwig looks amazing. He he gets he gets put over by the commentary team. He is in control of this match for you know a pretty good portion. But Shinsuke obviously has his offensive runs throughout the match. He does go on the outside of the ring though. Gunther just looks visibly frustrated like throughout the entire match. He's kind of just going with the the waves and flows. Every time Ludwig loses control of the match, you just see how pissed off Gunther's getting on the outside of the ring, and he's kind of getting in the way of Shinsuke, trying to distract him a little bit, just maybe getting getting in his head. But it really doesn't work. Uh, Shinsuke gets back in the ring. They both go for a couple roll-ups, both get a couple kick-outs, but one of the kick-outs kicks Shinsuke Nakamura like, a little bit out of the ring. Kind of his head goes between the top and the middle rope, and that's when Gunther takes a cheap shot at him. And then Ludwig hits his finishing move. Not really sure what it's called. Not sure if the announced team said what it's called. If they did, I missed it, and that's on me. But um, Ludwig gets the win, and you would think everything's good, everything's nice with the tag team there, or I guess if you want to call them a tag team with Gunther and Ludwig, mm-hmm. the Intercontinental Champion. Once they get to the top of the ramp, he still gets a couple of vicious chops from him, or at least one. Wasn't it? Just, wasn't it, Was it just one? It was one. It was one, but man, that that's kind of like a
1: like weird situation because I kind of felt like as if Gunther only did that because he had to help Ludwig win that match. You know, like as if Ludwig, Ludwig, sorry, get it right. I did, I did. But like it's like he wasn't winning that match like fairly, like by himself. You know, so I kind of felt like as if Gunther still had to make that. I don't know, like that dominance about it, I guess you could say, you know. That that's my to that's set my tone. Own, yeah, that's my only theory about it. But I just felt like if he if he hadn't have interfered, like how how would that have won or went?
0: Yeah, for sure. And and I and I'm glad that you pointed that out because that's something that I didn't write down, but I kind of I had it in my head as I was watching, I was like, That's why he was chopping him there is because he had to interfere. He's like, Yeah, you won, but dude, I had to get involved. Like, mm-hmm. come on, you're still making us look bad. So it's an interesting way to give us a different result. Like last week he lost and he got the chops. This week we get a different variation. He only gets one chop. But it makes you, I guess it just adds a little bit to the dynamic of, of this group. Like how far is, is Ludwig going to let him push him? You know, like is it going to go, just continue to go week after week? And, and if that's the case, how long is Gunther going to put up with him? You know, th- this could be one of the things where he kicked him to the curb. I mean, we've yeah. seen this happen before. Go ask Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin. Yeah. yeah, they just got kicked to the curb when you're talking about the hurt business, you know, and I could see something happening. Very similar with Gunther if Ludwig doesn't get his you-know-what together, but I think he will. I'm a fan of what Ludwig brings to the table. Uh, it's not just because the commentary team is putting him over. I feel like I agree whenever he gets on the mic. It's very, uh, well, what's the word I'm looking for, you know, uh, captivates you, I guess you could say. Like, it definitely gives you, like, you turn your attention to the TV whenever he whenever he has the mic and he's introducing uh, Gunther, sorry. But yeah. their team, if you want to call it that, gets the win tonight. We'll see what happens going forward. I am looking forward to this. It is one of the more interesting things, in my opinion, that they have going on on SmackDown. But moving on here, Kayla Braxton has a backstage interview with Liv Morgan and Ronda Rousey. Ronda kind of points out that she understands what Liv Morgan did and why she did it, referring to money in the bank. You know, she knows, hey, I mean, that was your best chance to win the championship. You haven't won one in your entire career. That was your opportunity and you capitalized on it. So, you know, she gives credit where it's due, but she does point out that, hey, at SummerSlam, remember who you are, remember who I am, right? You're Liv Morgan, I'm Ronda Rousey. Doesn't really need any more explanation. I don't have to go in deep, cut some masterclass of a promo. It's that simple you're who you are, I am who I am, and that is why I'm going to beat you and take that championship back. Liv Morgan clearly takes offense to this, you know, and she you know, doesn't break her character at all. You know, she doesn't even flinch at all. Her, her facial expression doesn't change. She basically just says, no, I want this more than you. Like, I care about this way more than you, and that is going to come into effect. Mm-hmm. That is going to be why I eventually win at SummerSlam and retain my championship where are you at on this? It's kind of—I mean, if you paid attention to the Discord chat today, things did get a little bit heated with the whole Liv Morgan being champion. I wasn't involved, you know. I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm through getting involved in the Discord <laughs> feuds. Uh, but there was a little bit of just—I mean, it was an educated, respectful debate. You know, it wasn't anything like that. But I, I will say that they both are making good points. You know, just talking about. Liv Morgan being champion, it's still early in her run. you got to give her a little bit of a chance to breathe. And other people just saying, hey, you know, let's call a spade a spade and get that championship on more of a relevant person, somebody who is not a quote-unquote jobber, somebody who hasn't been on an extreme losing streak in the calendar year 2022. So where are you at on uh, the whole Liv Morgan champion, Ronda Rousey? Because I know you're not a Rousey fan, so where are you at on this? Well, I mean, definitely like you were saying,
1: not a Ronda Rousey. I can't even say her name right. Ronda Rousey fans. You can't so, even
0: fix your lips to say it.
1: <laughs> but I mean if I mean the confidence that Liv is bringing it's like it is she's starting to build on herself, you know. So it's not like oh it's like this is get, getting worse, you know. I feel like she's actually getting a little bit better, you know. Doesn't seem like it's like she's actually like scripted, I guess you could say. Because the beginning of Ronda sounded like she was kind of like anticipating for the time to
0: who Ronda or Liv? Yeah,
1: Ronda, like Ronda is one hundred percent scripted. Yeah, so that's why I was kind of like, okay, you can tell the difference between the two talking and stuff like that now, and I think Liv is just starting to win, in and outside of the ring.
0: Yeah, I mean it's interesting. I will say because I'm a big Liv fan. Listeners, mm-hmm. longtime listeners of this show, no, I'm a, I'm a Liv fan, right? And I, but I've also, you know, been objective with this. Yeah, I've said she is not a, I guess. Or I guess she's a very vulnerable champion. You know, she's somebody who gonna have a target on her back, and <clears throat> excuse me, on any given Friday, or Sunday, whatever Saturday with the new PLEs, she can lose that championship. And uh, we'll talk about our picks next week. But man, I'm gonna be honest. It's gonna to be tough seeing Liv win in this match. Well, I'm not
1: against that. I, I think she's gonna retain it and everything. I don't want to see like just.
0: This is big. It's big for her. You know, she has to come out this match and and show us something. Because if she doesn't, the naysayers and the people who don't believe in her, Mm -hmm. they're going to have, you know, all the room to talk. And even if she does deliver, you know, some people are still going to say, yeah, you know, it's one win, you know, whatever. But Liv has an opportunity here to kind of plant her flag and make this her statement win. Because I kind of talked about it. You know, I compared, you know, Randy Orton having a very short – World Heavyweight Championship run the very first Mm. time he got it because he just wasn't ready for other reasons. But Liv Morgan still, I mean, she has a chance here. This match is very critical to uh, dictate, I guess, how long this championship run is going to be because if she does carry this championship successfully through SummerSlam, there's a good chance she could hold it all the way to the Royal Rumble. There's a good chance that she could be the champion through the fall. So this is a very big milestone for her. Obviously, you know, matched up with somebody like Ronda Rousey. But moving on here, that was a backstage segment. Arguably the longest that we've ever spent on a backstage segment here on the the SmackDown Review. It was worth it. WWE podcast version, but... Gotta say, her outfit was nice, too. Who, live? Mm-hmm. Always. I I love live. But anyways, Baron Corbin, that little son of a gun, comes out of nowhere and attacks Pat McAfee. Um, I had to rewind the big boot. It did look worse in real time. You rewind it a little bit. It was more of like a planted his foot on his chest and really just, you know, stuck it in there. So, I mean, he knocked him out of the chair. He felt it for, for sure. sure. But I thought it was a boot to the face at first, you know, so he did a good job there. Uh, he ends up throwing Pat to the barricade, hits him a couple times, throws his head off the announce table. Mm-hmm. Pat chases him, though. He doesn't just take that, you know, he chases him backstage. Baron Corbin obviously tries to you know hit him with a chair. Pat ducks. They get a, in a little bit of like a tangled brawl. I guess you can say no shots or no real shots are landed, but they get split up. Pat goes back to the ring. Basically, just you know takes a shot. He revs up the bum ass Corbin chance, and basically says, "If I wrote this down in my notes correctly, uh, see you in Nashville, bitch." That's what he said. So you yep. can get you can get ready for that. Uh, I was there. Yeah. TV fourteen. Coming at SummerSlam, and I am looking forward to that. But what do you think about this action that we got from Pat McAfee? One of his first brawls that I've seen. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not
1: complaining about these little surprise attacks, you know, because Corbin, he's doing it, you know, he's coming out here, perfect timings, you know, unexpected times, and I'm just the build up is is there for me, you know, and having Pat kind of get beat up, you know, not
0: something I always want to see, but
1: him defending himself,
0: cool. I am excited to see some uh, new things added to the playbook of Pat McAfee. That's definitely yeah. going, to be, going to be nice here in his third match, I guess. I mean, he's had multiple. I'm trying to think. He had the War Games match. He had, in NXT, he had a one-on-one match with Adam Cole. Obviously, the WrestleMania match with Austin Theory. And now, um, Baron Corbin at SummerSlam. Yeah. So, looking to be... Well, technically, he had a one-on-one match with Vince McMahon uh, immediately after, so that, that blemish is on there. That that one loss, but you know, we'll see. <clears throat> Excuse me, that wasn't a sanctioned match. That wasn't a sanctioned match, so we can look at. He is undefeated in sanctioned matches. So that's where uh, that's where we'll stand on that one. But up next, new vicious quote unquote Viking Raiders versus Jinder and Shanky with the new day on commentary. Not a long match at all. Very quick. The Viking Raiders win with a count-out after the um, outside-of-the-ring shenanigans kind of leads to gender being counted out, thrown into the New Day when they're sitting there. It does become official. Next week, we get the Viking Raiders, the new vicious Viking Raiders, according to Samantha Irvin. That's what she referred to them as, so yeah. I just wrote that down. You don't want to give credit there to her, just in case she listens to the show, given the shout-out that you gave her last week. I did, I did. But... uh. Gender and Shanky, they lose this. You got to think that split's coming soon. I mean, they haven't won a match in God knows how long now. They're getting a count out. They're clearly just a a tool to further this New Day and Viking Raiders storyline. So, I mean, I, I really don't think there's um, I don't know, there's a whole lot to get invested in with Gender and Shanky other than them possibly splitting up. I mean, you can only dance for so long. I mean, I'll tell you right now, Gender's moves, they're <laughs> they're all right but eventually you know if he's not breaking out anything new then we're gonna to have to see him move on you know we're gonna see him do something else and i'm all for the dancing but i mean if you're doing that on all the live events i'm sure Jinder is probably tired of getting pissed off all the time like i know this is what i'm supposed to be doing but you really are kind of getting on my nerves here so right. ready to get this break but obviously i'm all for it right now we'll just kind of see what happens with Ginder and shanky but anything else on that Oh, not too much, man. The only thing that kind of popped
1: out to me when, uh, at the very beginning when uh, Zevery Woods wearing that freaking unicorn mask, yeah. I, I was like, bro, what the heck is all that? And for some reason, I don't even know why, bro, I was kind of thinking, is that Big E for a second? You know, just kind of hiding back there. But then I heard his voice and I was like, oh, no, never mind. Yeah. When Big E that does finally cool, come
0: out, he's yeah. going to get a pop, though, man. Yeah. Definitely going to be interesting there. But what do you think about the Sonya Deville stuff? Obviously, her approaching Adam Pearce. She just belittles him and his job that he's doing. She basically uh, continues to do that until he finally raises his voice and just tells her that she needs to shut up and that she has a one-on-one match with Raquel Rodriguez Mm -hmm. later on in the night. What do you think about that? I mean, him finally standing up for himself. Well, I mean, the pairing was awesome. You know, I can say
1: that that match turned out to be a lot better than what I thought, you know. I thought it was just going to be
0: a lot more throwing around and stuff like that. TV 14, possibly mixed gender match. Adam Pearce versus Sonya Deville. Hear me out. That would be cool. I mean, she's that- asking for it. I mean, she is the one who's coming up. She slapped him right in the face, number one. And then she just won't leave him alone. He's clearly, I mean, he just had to split up a backstage brawl. He was on the phone when she walked in. You <laughs> kidding me? He was literally in the middle of a conversation. No, oh, yeah, I got him out of the arena. I Hold on, I'll call you back. It's crazy that
1: she bragged about it too. Yeah, the money that she that yeah, yeah. he had to spend or she had to spend, you know.
0: Yeah, like once you use some of the money, I got fined for smacking you right in the face. <laughs> like, oh, she just likes to twist the knife when it's in there, I you knew, know. So I was
1: like, gosh dang.
0: You know, old Scrap Daddy Pierce would like to maybe dust off the boots a little bit and get in the ring with Sonya Deville. I'm not advocating for male on female violence. I'm just saying a sanctioned match, no closed fists are going to be thrown. Let's just see what's going on. I mean, if Sonya Deville, if you asked her, she'd probably be the first person to say, yes, please give me this match one-on-one yeah. with Adam Pearce. You kidding me? I mean, who was it that put a move on Adam Pearce and his pants ripped, like yeah. right in his gooch? Was it yeah, Brock? Yeah, oh, my God. Yeah, Brock Lesnar. Oh, my gosh, that was yeah. that was pretty funny. But you can see something like that happen with Sonya. So just because it is male on female doesn't mean that Adam Pearce is going to be the one that's, you know, on top on this match. Mm-hmm. You could look at Sonya Deville with her MMA background absolutely kicking Adam Pearce's ass. So who knows? Wouldn't mind uh, seeing that one happen maybe a Survivor Series or something like that when things like to get really wild and maybe we might be in full swing TV-14. But continuing on here, Sheamus versus Drew, or I guess just their little segment here is is what we're going to call it. Here's how it started, right? The brawling brutes, they go to the ring there's that green table or it's like it's like a table that has a green cloth on it i had no idea what the hell that was i was like this is like those are the segments that are extremely hard to take notes for because those are the ones that you're like all right you know you want to preface it by saying they're in the ring with this but you also want to write down what they're saying you know if they say anything important you want to make sure to write that down in your notes but whenever they don't reveal what that is for the longest time, that's whenever you you throw the notes out and you enjoy the segment for what it is. And then you just use your memory. You kind of jog your memory a little bit, write down any key bullet points or anything like that. Just a little bit of behind the scenes on how it is, you know, taking notes for a, a show like SmackDown. But um, so so they were out there, right? That table's there drew doesn't come out for a little bit while he's waiting to come out sheamus is basically you know talking crap on boston saying that they're all fake irish people and hey i will be the first person to tell you all right, i'm a celtics fan i could give two you know what's about boston as far as like the people there and all that good stuff like when they see was putting them down i was like hey i'm not from there go ahead keep going you know <laughs> bury him, because I'm, th- I'm thinking of it like No offense, Mr. Casual Wrestling fan. I'm thinking of it like the Patriots fans, you know, Mm. the from Boston Patriots fans, you know. So I will say that uh, that isn't something that uh, necessarily bothers me a whole lot, especially whenever Sheamus was doing it. But Drew McIntyre comes out, right, and he, he gets the Butch Ridge to leave the ring. That's what Sheamus does in order for Drew to put down his sword. That was their little verbal agreement so he could stand in the ring and, you know, basically talk it out. And that's when Drew's just flat out asking, when did you become such a bitch? I mean, that's literally what he said, right? I mean, am I wrong? No. Drew McIntyre. That's what he said. I'm trying to give yeah. you guys the full analysis of this segment here. So that's what Drew says. I put it in quotation marks and a dash. Drew McIntyre. That's what he said. But Drew asks him if he realized the opportunity that's ahead of him. Like he's dead serious. He's looking him in his eyes. And he's saying, do you realize what's at stake for both of us being that we're both from the UK, they haven't had a televised show or like a big show like that in like, what do you say, like 30 years? And that those two are going to be fighting for an opportunity to main event at that show with Roman Reigns. Drew McIntyre's trying to like slap him in the face and just basically wake him up and say, dude, like, remember, we were the dudes who were getting into WWE together, driving on the road together, doing all those, you know, I don't even know, like the shows back in, I don't know where the hell they were, to be honest. I don't know their backstory. I need to do a little bit of, you know, digging <laughs> on that. But I got the gist of what Drew McIntyre was saying in his promo, and I'm sure you did too. Just basically, they were on the road together doing independent wrestling shows and eventually made it to the big time. You know, it's the old Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens story. You know, they just grind together and eventually get to that mountaintop. But he does mention, Drew McIntyre, that is, that WWE needs a real champion. Obvious shot at Roman Reigns. Says that someone who can restore prestige into that championship... And then he challenges Sheamus. He says, right here in Boston, let's figure it out. Let's find out who is that number one contender. And, man, Drew McIntyre nailed this promo so well. He had me ready to go. Like, I was like, screw it. I'm like, let's get this match going on right now, one-on-one. And I was ready to go, and it was clear Sheamus wasn't going to do it. He teases us for a little bit. But eventually, like you would expect, he says no. And we're going to get it next week, I believe it is, is what it was officially announced that – Next week, Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus in an Irish good old Donnie Brooke. Uh, the winner gets Roman. That match takes place next week in Atlanta, Georgia. I am definitely looking forward to covering that episode of SmackDown. But, anyways, uh, I don't know what the hell a good old Donnie Brooke is. What, they finally revealed what was on that or underneath that green cloth on the table was like eight shillelaghs. So you can expect that people are going to get the absolute piss beat out of them with those shillelaghs next week. And uh, that's going to be pretty damn fun to watch, uh, to say the least. I know you really weren't familiar with the uh, the weapon That's It's used by several Irish wrestlers. So I guess you can call this a little bit of a home court advantage for Sheamus.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. Well, the build for this has been freaking awesome. So, like, whenever he said that, Or Drew told Seamus that, you know, he didn't have the balls. I don't know, like, quote for quote. But, bro, when uh, Seamus was saying that he got goosebumps, bro, I had goosebumps. So it was kind of crazy that he had, like, mentioned that, you know. So, yeah, I definitely thought it was going to kind of pop off right there. But, of course, he kind of had to, like, uh, shy off to the fact about doing the match and everything. And I was just kind of like, oh, man. But, yeah, I'm definitely ready for this one next week.
0: Yeah, without a doubt, this is going to be the main event of mm-hmm. the of next week's SmackDown in uh, Atlanta, and I'm looking forward to covering it, like I just said, but this is where they kind of move on, like we talked about, they go backstage, Paul Heyman pitches to the Usos the, uh, the master plan, right, he says use Austin Theory in this match, expose him for what he is, and then after it's over, beat the hell out of him, pretty much, like put him on his ass at the very end of the match, and... Uh, that is kind of interesting. Just you get to hear Paul Heyman be very clear what the mission statement is or what the mission plan is for the Usos. So we'll see how that plays out later in the show. Moving on, we get Raquel Rodriguez versus Sonia DeVille. This isn't like a squash match or anything like that. It's not fast. Sonia DeVille does get a little bit of offense in, but she's not a matchup for Raquel. Like, she doesn't match up well with Raquel is what I was trying to say and Tahana bomb, corkscrew elbow off the top rope. She has a nice little move set for somebody her like her size, and Mm -hmm. I think that it's going to play into her favor very well. And uh, she's somebody who I'm very excited for going forward. Raquel, that is. Yeah, for sure. And
1: I, I don't know. You said that the pairing was kind of off. I thought it was great, you know, just because I don't know. Like Sonya, she kind of plays like all those like facial expressions and stuff like that. So it's kind of like something just to just to watch, you know. So. I don't know, man. I think she does good in the ring. And, of course, like, Raquel, she's a freaking beast, you know, so I can't really say nothing about that.
0: We get another woman's match here next, or at least we were supposed to, Lacey Evans versus Aaliyah. We are going to get it next week. But Lacey Evans, she comes out. She absolutely craps all over the town, and just everybody watching at home as well, you personally. If, if you think you were exempt from those harsh words, think again. She was talking about you. She absolutely <laughs> thinks you're a slap dick she thinks you are a you know a uh, couch potato and she thinks that you need to get your you know what together get off your ass go out there and be a productive member of society because um you know what she does in one day just in a normal day you cannot accomplish that in your entire life that's the message that she's sending essentially that's what she was telling the Boston crowd but like I said you know she was sending that message she was looking right at the camera you know she's mm-hmm. definitely telling us uh, you know that we suck as well but Anyways, hits Aaliyah with the women's right, um, so the match never happens. Next week, we're supposed to get it, and I really hope that the Atlanta crowd gives her a little bit of a piece of their mind. Oh, my gosh, I just realized she's about to be crapping all over Atlanta next week. Let's just let's keep the gloves on, Lacey, all right? <laughs> let's keep all the shots above the belt, and uh, let's keep it clean. But anyways, we'll, we'll, I guess we'll talk about that when we get there. Nothing really else to add to this. The segment was pretty much just... Mm-hmm. Lacey Evans carrying it for for the most part, which I will say i'll give credit where it's due she can she can carry a whole segment on the mic, just her you know basically keeping an entire crowd entertained and just mm-hmm. focused on her, even though they might start booing her after a little bit. she can't do it for a long time, just repeating the same things over and over again, but she does have a talent as a hill, and I think that's the perfect position for her but the main event here, six man tag match. We get the Usos and Austin Theory versus the Street Profits and Mad Cat Moss. Kind of similar to last week, we said that Mad Cat Moss and Austin Theory put on a classic. Dude. They put on a hell of a match, and we were pissed off that it ended in a DQ because we wanted to see that match play out and get a true finish. So even if this match tonight, the six-man tag match, would have um, ended clean, it wasn't a singles match between these two, you know, mm-hmm. so like we, we still wouldn't have necessarily gotten our fix. And I do like that because it, it leaves that still on the table for us. Like we can get that down the road and remember, hey, these two dude, th- these two dudes put on a hell of a match and it hasn't really gotten to be, you know, resolved yet. So uh, you throw the two best tag teams in WWE into the picture and you know you're going to get a good match. I mean, there's go- it's not necessarily even about the wrestling. It's purely about the storytelling, you know, the, the Street Profits, pure hatred. And uh, I guess their determination to dethrone the Usos, they are one of the only credible tag teams that can get it done. I don't believe it's going to happen in SummerSlam, but I know that it is possible. I will say, now that I've had more time to think about it, it is random as hell that Jeff Jarrett is the referee for that match. Like, what the hell? Why? Like, why? I'm genuinely, like, I know you don't know the answer, but I'm just asking, like, <laughs> why, the, like why is Jeff Jarrett, Jeff Jarrett, I want to be, be sure I'm clear with that, double T at the end, you know, but. Why the hell are they bringing him? And he's even, you know, he's feeling himself right now. Clearly, mm-hmm. he's the one that's going against Ric Flair, you know, with uh, Jay Lethal and Andrade for Ric Flair's last match. So he has that going on, and WWE is calling him, "Hey, you know, come be a special guest referee." He's like, "Hold on, now, there's enough double J for everybody for to go around for everybody, you know." So he's yeah. definitely feeling himself. You can kind of tell that today. And, um, you know, I'll give it to him. He's definitely somebody who, you know, is a legend in the wrestling industry. It's just random. That's the only thing that I guess I'm trying to point out is I just, I I truly don't understand like why, why him, you know, he has no connection to these tag teams. He literally doesn't. So it's just, I just feel like there's definitely a lot of other people that would have made a little bit more sense, but Hey, you know, it is what it is. I'm definitely going to be excited to watch this a week from today. So, um, the match itself, another disqualification. I mean, it goes on for a little bit here. The the match itself, the, the paper, or not paper, You sorry, getting a little bit ahead of myself. The SmackDown ended at 8.58 Central Time. So there was still two minutes left to go before the show was even over. So the, the actual main event only lasted like, I don't know, 14 minutes. And that's including the big spicy thing that happened because after the match was, you know, ended in disqualification, whose music hits? None other then Brock Lesnar, he comes out. There were rumors all throughout, you know, the afternoon after the news about Vince McMahon leaked. Or not leaked, sorry, was announced. I don't know why I'm in a, a leak mode where everything's a leak nowadays. But um, whenever it was announced that Vince McMahon retired, I mean, he announced it himself. That's not a leak. You know, he tweeted it himself. So um, Whenever that was announced, Brock Lesnar, there were rumors that he'd stormed out of SmackDown. He was pissed off and he walked away, you know, like we mentioned earlier in the show there was kind of speculation. How is the commentary team going to handle this? You know, are they going to call Brock Lesnar out similar to how they called out Bianca Belair and not Bianca Belair. Jesus. That's how you know it's getting really late here. (laughs) Sasha Banks and Naomi. Like what the hell, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So we were kind of wondering the same thing. And towards the end of the show, they had mentioned it and they did kind of Brock or, Pat McPhee and Michael Cole both said, I thought, I thought, you know, and they, you know what they're referencing. Michael Cole kind of said the same thing. So I thought, I thought the same thing. They didn't say he stormed out, but they just knew. I mean, it, it was a work. Mm-hmm. Like, that you could tell, like, they worked us. And you know, I'll give them credit. I like being worked every now and then. It feels good. It makes, you know, it makes you feel like, hey, I don't know it all. And, you know, the, I guess, the ability or... The element of surprise still exists, you know, and I, I appreciate that from, you know, watching wrestling live in a day and age where everything is truly leaked on the Internet. And you could see everything that happens and you can pretty much know in advance what every show is going to be like. And, you know, I, I like watching it with at least a little bit of that element of surprise. But, yeah, Brock mm-hmm. Lesnar comes out, beats the hell out of Austin Theory. Shout out to Theory for selling those F5s like a champ. But man, those shots with the briefcase, he was not holding back, hitting him with everything that he had, beating the hell out of him. Uh, basically, I don't know if there was a little bit of like, hey, I was Vince McMahon's young prodigy at one point, and you're the new current young prodigy, the last, before Vince McMahon had, like eventually left the company. So I'm going to go ahead and take some frustration out on you, and I'm going to go ahead and beat the living piss out of you with this briefcase. And it's like I told you before the show, and I told my roommate when it happened, Brock Lesnar hitting you with a very, very soft pillow would hurt like hell. Mm. He hits you with literally anything. I'm sure if he just swung his hand by you, the air that hits you from the you know the <laughs> gust of wind would probably hurt a little bit. If he hits you with a plastic, doesn't matter what kind of briefcase it is. Any type of briefcase, you're going to have some bruises on you the next day. And I promise you, Austin Theory is probably still feeling that in his hotel room right now. So, yeah. Well, not right. Well, right now when we're recording this, you know, trying to put ourselves in that next-day stage. He's probably still filling it, though, on Saturday, without a doubt. But anyways, that is how SmackDown goes off the air. So uh, definitely better than the week before. I'm sure the crowd there in Boston absolutely lost their you-know-what whenever Brock Lesnar came out.
1: They did sound like it, for Yeah,
0: sure. You never really know. You know, when you're on TV, you know, crowd noise gets pumped in all the time. So you can't really take it for – You got to take the the TV noise with a grain of salt. You just got to kind of look at the reactions. But anyways, you got anything to add to that, that whole situation with Brock? Well, not the situation with Brock, but on the match,
1: I did kind of like that they kept the feuds, like, separated still, you know. Like, even though it was a six-man tag match, like, it still felt like as if it was the Usos versus Street Profits and then Madcap versus Theory in a way, you know. So, I don't feel like they really disappointed on that match. I think they did a real good job. I mean, I thought it was kind of weird, like I said, the pairing on it and everything. And I did think, like, Theory was actually going to get, like, a big beatdown, you know, because they had tagged him, or Jimmy had tagged him in, pushed him into the ring. Yeah. And then it just ended up being Madcap and Theory. But I thought it was going to be, like, a three versus one type thing. But, yeah, the match was good and everything, and can't really complain about this episode like i said at the beginning like i thought it was better than last week and yeah there's a lot of a lot of build for what's coming up next week yeah a lot of good stuff coming mm-hmm. up
0: next week uh, i will say just a little bit i wanted to preface this at the beginning of the show but we hinted a top 5 that we were going to do this week we were going to do the WWE stock investment type of top 5 and actually it was going to be like a draft format where me and John were just going to alternate picks picking young people who we thought young wrestlers who we thought were going to have a damn good 2023 you know and beyond just basically who we're buying the stock for you know with specific wrestlers so that's still going to come i'm sorry we can't do it tonight unfortunately um john's just got this tournament to go to and it's not you know a bad thing or anything like that like I, I truly appreciate him making it to you know come record this because in you know a little bit over an hour and a half he has to uh start playing in a softball tournament so uh Definitely appreciate you taking the time and, you know, still making it here to to get the SmackDown review put out. Yes, Normal sir. schedule. I know it means a lot to you as well. So, uh, you know, that means a lot to me, and I know it means a lot to Matt as well. You know, the listeners, we appreciate you guys listening, you know, staying true every week, coming back and listening. Um, it's late as hell, you know. like That's why we're kind of towards the end of these episodes. There is one thing, like, whenever you whenever you get an episode out really, really quickly – it comes at a cost where you don't have a chance to sit on the thing you just watched. You know, you don't have a chance to see internet reactions where, Oh, you know what? That does make sense. That kind of changes the way I think a little bit, you know, you go off what, you know, the notes you take and your initial reactions. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how you roll whenever you review these shows. And not only that, but I mean, you got to stay up a little bit later. And that is kind of the, um, the, I guess, consequence for, um, you know, for getting it out so quick. But I don't look at it that way. I look at it as, you know, I'm excited. I like that yeah. we get these out so quickly because I feel like, you know, the listeners want to get it quick. You know, that they want the content as soon as you possibly can. I totally understand that. And I definitely um, am on board and I want to make sure to get it out as quickly as we can as well. But do you have anything to say? Any shout outs, anything like that before we um sign off?
1: Well, I just want to say, I mean, it was a good day. You know, a lot of news for the wrestling world and everything. So, I mean, yeah, but I'm... Um, definitely starting to fill in everything We do want to give you a shout out football function and everything like that definitely want to give a shout out to the listeners you know if y'all want to check out patreon you know try to avoid like a lot of ads and everything like that go ahead and uh, follow us i guess you could say you know there's different tiers money and everything like that but
0: yeah man i just want to f- close it out like that i guess you could say Oh, yeah. Appreciate that. Obviously, shouting out the Football Function podcast. We actually had Elvis Escobar from Enter the Lab podcast join our our most recent episode. We have Grim Reefer, another patron of the show here on the WWE podcast, joining us in a week from the UK. That's going to be a very fun episode. So if you, the listener, are a football fan and you want to have your voice heard on a football podcast and you just want to have a conversation, I mean, just hit me up. Get at me on any of the social medias. That I mentioned or Discord ch- uh, server, Discord chat, whatever. You could definitely get a hold of me. But uh, And also one thing I want to say, shout out to the WWE Ringside Podcast. They are interactive with me on Twitter and a oh, lot yeah. of the nice, other nice. WWE nice. podcast hosts as well. Um, they made a suggestion for another Top 5 Friday. We are going to get to that. That is number one on our list after this stock investment episode that we knock out. So don't worry. I promise we're going to get back to doing some Top 5s. And uh, we are going to start with that one. So shout out to the WWE Ringside Podcast. Wanted to give that a nice little plug here before we sign off. But I hope all of you have a damn good weekend. Walk passionately in the direction of your dreams. And I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app.
1: So you don't miss a show. Or head to wwepodcast.com.